right, hello and welcome to Between the Liars with Ryan. And it is just going to be me today. We're actually starting a new segment I want to try out. I've decided that I want to start a new series for our show and I want to talk to you a little bit about what that's going to look like. So hear me out. I want to start a segment that's going to expose and explain the legislation that our congressional members are passing or not passing. Because I think that with the omnibus massive conglomerate packages that we discuss on this show, if you've been listening, you've probably been thinking like we do, wow, that's a lot packed into a bill. Now, Marcelo and I tend to find a little bit of, of ground and, and say that that should be broken up. But these bills are very, very convoluted a lot of times. And I would like to start a segment that makes these more accessible to you, our audience. So give us some feedback. If you like this idea, I'll keep these segments up. Otherwise, this is just your entertainment for today. But uh, for right now, it's, it's it's green light. Here is the way that I'm going to set this up. There is not going to be any discussion. There is not going to be any debate. There is not going to be any opinion on these bills or proposals. It's just going to be me going through them with the facts. And I might give some context. I might tried to bring in some examples, things to make this a little bit more accessible. And I'm definitely going to use like some spark notes where it's going to be set up as here's the overview. Now we're going to read it line by line so that you know that I didn't just, you know, try to deceive you. So, but, but, you know, if you just listen to the first little bit, you will get the gist of these bills. And if you want to go through the jargon and learn this with me, we'll do that. But, but that's what I'm thinking. Uh, hit me today before I decided to come and record this. So give me some feedback. Let me know. Uh, honestly, this, it's a lot of work to do these. And if you are enjoying them, that feedback, you know, it, it does keep us going. So let, let me know what you think. Here's another thing that I need your opinions on. I need to come up with a name for these segments. Right now, uh, I'm toying around with the idea of Bill Me. <laughs> Until I come up with something better. And I might not. Uh, but if you have a suggestion, drop it in the comments below. Tweet us, Instagram messages. Give us suggestions. Uh, I would love to have your help crafting this. And if I pick your name, or if I pick the title, then uh, we'll give you credit. So you can live, uh, for better or for worse, in infamy as a part of our podcast. So uh, yeah, let, let us let us know uh, what your thoughts are. And even if we don't go with it, I might do a, a collage of honorable mentions. So uh, yeah, help me, help me craft this. Help me tailor our content for you so that it is more enjoyable. I, I would love to tailor what we bring to this podcast to what you'd like to see. Okay, so here is the first bill we're going to do. We're going to do the Parental Rights and Education Act that was just passed in Florida. You have probably heard of it by the title of Don't Say Gay, which uh, I'll get into this in a moment. It's a bit of a misnomer because the word gay does not actually appear in this bill at all. Uh, and I'm going to read it to you to to show that to you. And, uh, you know, you can be for or against this bill. Uh, I just want you to be informed. So that that is my goal at the end of this segment. And uh, before we jump into this, I would like to shout out one of our fans, one of our OG fans, actually, from like day one, uh, Evan Penfield. For uh, he was actually the inspiration for this uh, this this new series because he he said we'd love to have you guys talk about the Don't Say Gay bill. We haven't gotten around to it yet. Our schedules have been disastrous. But I was like, you know what? Yeah, the more I see people talking about this, the more I realize people are either not reading it. They're not interested. Like for whatever reason, they're not understanding what is going on in this legislation. And in some instances, I, I don't blame them because this, this can be very boring. So shout out to Evan for uh, giving me the inspiration for this segment by asking me to 
cover a boring piece of legislation. <laughs> so thank you, Evan, for your feedback. We, uh, we appreciate it. So here is your summary. And then I'm going to, and then we're going to scroll through this whole thing. And this is available on the Florida uh, legislator website. But here's the thing that it's going to cover. Uh, number one, the Board of Education gets to set the guidelines for the support services and training that the schools provide to students. And this bill says that the teachers must adhere to those guidelines. So they don't get to go rogue. They don't get to interject. Like basically there's a curriculum. You stick to that curriculum. Parents are to be notified of these guidelines at the start of the school year. So essentially, parents will be informed of, of what is available to their children as students at this school. This bill also guarantees parents have a right to access information to their children or child that is critical to the child's well-being. So if there is something that is critical or a change in their mental, physical uh, well-being, then the, the parent needs to be notified of that. And parents will be notified of any changes to the emotional, mental, or physical well-being of their child by the school within a reasonable time. This also requires parents to be notified when their child receives health care services of any kind. This bill prevents the schools from just deciding what parents get to know. So it prohibits the schools or teachers from just saying, you know what, that's not important for the, the parent to know. Um, like they, they don't get to withhold information. The school does not get to block parents from accessing information pertaining to their child. It also prevents students from petitioning uh, the school or like crafting some kind of like student legislation, like a, a proposal or petition to get the school to consider blocking the parents' ability to access student information or like their, their child's information. Uh, it allows parents to hold the school accountable for violations. So if the school is in violation, there are two ways that the parents can move to hold these schools accountable. We'll get to those when I read the bill. Uh, this bill also asserts that the parents get to decide how their child will be raised. And it also specifies that like the school and the teachers don't get to undercut that. So the parents have a hand in the way their child gets raised. They don't give up those rights when the child goes to school. There is a clause that allows school officials to withhold information if a quote unquote reasonable person would believe the child would suffer abuse for such information being revealed to the parents. There was a concern for this bill at one point that uh, let's say the child comes out as LGBTQ at school. And then what happens if you know they're, they're gonna be in an abusive home now because the parents know that. This bill does not allow people to just make random discretionary calls, but if a reasonable person would think that that's the case or there's reason to believe that, then that information does not have to be compulsory. Like it does not have to be released to the parents. So there is a protection clause for that. The main caveat to that clause, though, is that the procedure for protecting students has to be established by the school, and it can't just be like an individual rogue actor. And and you, so the parents have to be notified of that, the way that the school is going to, to release information, and then teachers have to adhere to that. This bill prohibits classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. So it is only targeting kindergarten through third grade. It does not prohibit it period. Um, it's just in those age groups. And there was an amendment to change the word instruction, like teachers cannot instruct on these things when it's not age appropriate. They had said, well, let's make it discussion. And that amendment was actually voted down. Uh, it was it was not included in this bill. And the reason when they were debating this, that that was given is because the legislators in Florida said that that could be misconstrued to prevent children from talking about these things. They're like, we just don't want them being instructed by teachers when it's not age appropriate. If that organically comes out with children, they're not preventing that. So there is your summary. 
We're going to go through the bill now. It is only seven pages. As far as legislation goes, this is very direct and to the point. So you can uh, you have your summary if you want to roll, uh, scroll along. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I've got this up on the screen. You can read along with me. And if you're going to just listen to this, then uh, I will try to be the most interesting legislative reader I could possibly be. All right, so and this is an act relating to parental rights in education, amending section 1001.42, requiring district school boards to adopt procedures that comport with certain provisions of law for notifying a student's parent of specified information, requiring such procedures to reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children in a specific manner, prohibiting the procedures from prohibiting a parent from accessing certain records, providing construction, prohibiting a school district from adopting procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying a parent about specified information or that encourage or have the effect of encouraging a student to withhold from a parent such information prohibiting school district personnel from discouraging or prohibiting parental notification and involvement in critical decisions affecting a student's mental, emotional, or physical well-being. So, so far we've seen the bill is basically geared towards allowing parents to have access to healthcare information the way their students are being treated, or their children, rather, are being treated. Providing construction, prohibiting classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in certain grade levels or in a specific manner. Requiring certain training developed or provided by a school district to adhere to standards established by the Department of Education. This bill requires school districts to notify parents of health care services and provide parents the opportunity to consent or decline such services. That is on the parent now. This bill provides that a specific parental consent does not waive certain parental rights. That, that right there, I believe, means that if a parent agrees or consents to one instance, it doesn't mean that they can't withdraw that consent. So very, very similar to uh, when research is being conducted, you can withdraw from a study at any time. Providing that a specified parental consent does not waive certain parental rights, requiring school districts to provide parents with certain questionnaires or health screening forms and obtain parental permission before administering such questionnaires and forms. That is legal speak for if your child is going to receive a questionnaire or a form, the parent already has to know what's on that. Requiring school districts to adopt certain procedures for resolving specified parental concerns, requiring resolution within a specified time frame, requiring the commissioner of education to appoint a special magistrate for unresolved concerns, providing requirements for the special magistrate, requiring the Board of Education to approve or reject the special magistrate's recommendation within specified time frame, requiring school districts to bear the cost of the special magistrate, requiring the State Board of Education to adopt rules, providing requirements for such rules, authorizing a parent to bring an action against a school district to obtain a declaratory judgment that a school district procedure or practice violates certain provisions of law. That very long paragraph that I just read basically sets up for the coming sections that say that when a parent raises a complaint, the school district does not have the ability to just drag this on and on, sweep it under the rug. There is a specified time frame under which the parental concern must be addressed. It either needs to be shown to be irrelevant or it needs to be upheld. 
And when it's talking about the magistrate, this is basically talking about bringing in a third-party mediator that is a, a a state official that can pretty much put them under review so that it's not just the school disciplining themselves, kind of like... <laughs> remember how uh, our YouTube video was taken down, we appealed it, and they said, yeah, sorry, this isn't really appealable. Like, we just don't find this to be something that we can put back up. It's allowing parents to choose to have a third-party mediator that is still state-appointed, still credentialed, and we'll get to those credentials, but it makes it so that the school can't just drag this out. There is a due process, and that process has an expiration date. Providing for the additional award of injunctive relief damages and reasonable attorney fees and court costs to certain parents that outlines what they can be awarded. So uh, they can have an injunction. It can be stopped like a cease and desist. And uh, if it requires attorney fees and they win this case, essentially those fees are going to be charged to the school, it sounds like. Uh, and court costs to certain parents requiring school district to adopt policies to notify parents of certain rights. Again, informed parents will be made aware, uh, providing construction, requiring the department to review and update as necessary. When we get to the end of this, you'll see that this is actually subject, this bill uh, is subject to review. So they're actually not just putting this in place indefinitely. Specify materials by a certain date, providing an effective date. All right, so that is like the big prelude. And so now we read, being enacted by the legislator of the state of Florida, section one, paragraph C, is added to the subsection eight of section 1001.42, Florida statutes to read. This is how it's now going to read. Powers and duties of district school board. The district school board acting as a board shall exercise all powers and perform all duties listed below. Now here are the duties that they must exercise. There's a section called student welfare. That's what we're on now. In accordance with the rights of parents enumerated in, I'm not going to read you the sections, uh, adopt procedures for notifying a student's parent if there is a change in the student's services or monitoring related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being and the school's ability to provide a safe and supportive learning environment for the student. So we just previously had read the lead up to this. This is how they're going to implement it. So think of it as the first section is saying, this is what we're going to do. Now we're talking about specific execution. And this is for the student welfare. We read that basically parents will be made aware of their students' health care, uh, what they're receiving, their mental states and such. And this is how that's going to happen. The procedures must reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children by requiring school district personnel to encourage a student to discuss issues relating to his or her well-being with his or her parent or to facilitate discussion of the issue with the parent. Again, that just means they're going to defer them to the parent. The procedures may not prohibit parents from accessing any of their students' education and health records created, maintained, or used by the school district as required by subsection. 1002.22. Basically what that means is that parents are not allowed to be forced by the school to not access this. So like if the parents like, hey, I want to see what my child's learning, they have to have access to that. The parents have to be given due notice at the start of the school year. This is the second duty the school has for child uh, and student welfare. A school district may not adopt procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying a parent about his or her student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being, or prevent them from allowing parents to be aware of a change in related services or monitoring or that encourage or have the effect of encouraging a student to withhold from a parent such information. Meaning teachers are not allowed to encourage students to not talk to their parents about these things. School district personnel may not discourage or prohibit 
parental notification of and involvement in critical decisions affecting a student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. This subparagraph does not prohibit a school district from adopting procedures that permit school personnel to withhold such information from a parent if a reasonably prudent person would believe that disclosure would result in abuse, abandonment, or neglect, as those terms are defined in, and then they actually define them in, not the section we're going to read tonight, but there is a section in the legislature that defines what does it mean to be abandoned, neglected, abused. So you, you can't just arbitrarily decide, ah, the student might be abused. It has to meet those standards. So they do allow a clause to protect students, but there's also a burden of proof kind of partway here. Now, here's the third duty. Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties, think like guest instructors, on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. This bill is basically deferring what those definitions of like appropriate are to the state standards. So if if you're if if you're let's say your your specific school uh, or excuse me your specific state uh, in this case Florida, um, I actually don't know what their specific standards are for sex ed, but they're deferring to that. You you can't preemptively bring these things up with students if that would be defined as inappropriate. Number four, student support services training developed or provided by a school district to school district personnel must adhere to student service guidelines, standards, and frameworks established by the Department of Education. Number five, at the beginning of the school year, each school district shall notify parents of each health care service offered at their student's school and the option to withhold consent or decline any specific service. Parental consent to a healthcare service does not waive the parent's right to access his or her student's educational or health records or to be notified about a change in his or her student's services or monitoring as provided by this paragraph. So again, just because a parent consents to allowing their child to have specific healthcare or services while they're at school does not mean the parent does not have the right to know what treatments are being given to that child. So again, it's very important here to note that this language is leaving a large chunk of this up to the parents. So if the school says, hey, we have nine different things and the parent says, you know what, I'm okay with five of those for my child. The other ones are not appropriate, uh, in my opinion, then that's what that child gets. If a different parent says, you want all nine are great, then that is what the child can have. Again, it's, it's not even just saying these things are not going to be provided. It is left to the parent. Number six, before administering a student well-being questionnaire or health screening form to a student in kindergarten through third grade, the school district must provide the questionnaire or health screening form to the parent and obtain the permission of the parent. So again, important to note that this is kindergarten through third grade. After third grade, this specific bill is not going to apply. So if you are worried about, well, what does this mean if I'm, you know, 18 year old high schooler or, you know, I'm in high school and I might be 17, 16, this is not specifically addressing that. I don't know what other legislation is out there, but this specific legislation does not address that age. It is specifically for parental screening of these health questionnaires that is left and limited to kindergarten through third grade. Number seven, each school district shall adopt procedures for a parent to notify the principal or his or her designee regarding concerns under this paragraph at his or her student's school and the process for resolving those concerns within seven calendar days after notification by the parent. So right here, we see that they're specifying that it has to be seven calendar days, not business days, calendar days. Uh, they have to address the concerns brought up by the parent. This is subsection A under that. At a minimum, the procedures must require that within 30 days after notification by the parent, 
that the concern remains unresolved, the school district must either resolve the concern or provide a statement of the reasons for not resolving the concern. Again, guaranteeing within 30 days, parents will have an answer. And if the school decides, you know what, we disagree with you, there needs to be a reason provided. Uh, sub point B, if a concern is not resolved by the school district, a parent may do one of two things. And this is where the parents get the choice. The parents don't get to just bring lawsuits. The parents don't get to just throw a fit at the school. There is a hierarchy being established here. And we, we, we want to make sure we note that. So this is the first thing a parent can do. They can request the commissioner of education to appoint a special magistrate who is a member of the Florida bar in good standing and who has at least five years experience in administrative law. So there are, there's your criteria for the person being appointed who would oversee this, and it is appointed by the commissioner of education. The special magistrate shall determine facts relating to the dispute over the school district procedure or practice, consider information provided by the school district, and render a recommendation decision for resolution to the State Board of Education within 30 days after receipt of the request by the parent. So after 30 days, if the parent does not get the result that that they were wanting, or if the school is not giving them back the answer uh, one way or the other with a reason, then they have, within 30 days, the bar should have a recommendation by this administrative body. Uh, the State Board of Education must approve or reject the recommended decision at its next regularly scheduled meeting that is more than seven calendar days and no more than 30 days after the date the recommended decision is transmitted. So once the recommendation is made between seven and 30 days... There has to be a decision by the board. The costs of the special magistrate, so hiring the specialist, shall be borne by the school district. The State Board of Education shall adopt rules, including forms necessary to implement this subparagraph. Now, here's the second thing the parent can do. They can bring an action against the school district to obtain a declaratory judgment that the school district procedure or practice violates this paragraph and seek injunctive relief. A court may award damages and shall award reasonable attorney fees and court costs to a parent who receives declaratory or injunctive relief. Each school district shall adopt policies to notify parents of the procedures required under this subparagraph. So again, note that the legislator here is giving at least a portion of control for how these procedures will be enacted by the board or excuse me, by the school. So the school has some leeway. They have to meet certain guidelines and criteria. But a portion of it at least is left to them. Comment uh, and let us know. Do you think that this is uh, this is enough? Is this a good balance? Is it not? I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Nothing contained in this subparagraph shall be construed to abridge or alter rights of action or remedies in equity already existing under the common law or general law. So again, this is legal speak for this is their safeguard saying you cannot abuse this to now say that we get to circumvent certain rights, certain equity. Basically, they are still allowing for laws that have already been passed. This is not going to undercut them. Section two. So those those are the two options. Parents, they can file injunctive, which <laughs> my very limited knowledge of uh, the judicial process, I wish I had uh, David McConnell or, or TJ on here. Basically, that's going to be like a judge ruling. So when the president, let's say, passes an executive order and there's a complaint about it, a judge can file, can, they can put an injunction. It basically is like a temporary stay on that. Uh, we should actually have TJ on for a full explanation of that, but uh, that'll have to do for now. Also, let me know if I got that wrong. <laughs> uh, by June 30th, 
The Department of Education shall review and update as necessary school counseling frameworks and standards, educator practices and professional conduct principles, and any other student services, personnel, guidelines, standards, or frameworks in accordance with requirement of this act. So this has to go into effect by June 30th of 2023. So they've got a little over a year at this point. Section 3, this act shall take effect July 1st, 2022. This goes into effect July 1st. Legislation has already been passed. It has been signed by Governor Ron DeSantis, which means it now becomes law starting July 1st. Schools have to update their things to reflect this by June 30th, 2023. So it's looking to me from this language that the Department of Education is going to be the one who's kind of reviewing where is the discrepancy between where some of our schools are and what this law now requires. And if I'm not mistaken... Yeah, that, that is that is page seven of seven. So here's what I'm thinking for the way that we're going to to go through these bills. A short one like this, I'll, I'll read you the whole thing. I, I really think that uh, that that wasn't too bad. Uh, you got your summary at the front end if you didn't want to listen all the way through. And if you did want to listen all the way through, you got it word for word. I know personally for me, when I listen to podcasts, I really enjoy that I can be walking or I can be driving and just listening. Uh let me know if there's ways that, you know, I, I, I'm wondering if maybe maybe music in the background would make this, uh, I don't know, more interesting, more dramatic. Uh, speaking of dramatic, go and check out the trailer that uh, I put together. That That is dramatic. That was a lot of work. Oh, man, that uh, editing that thing down, uh, recording the actual words didn't take me probably more than uh, eh, 10, 15 minutes. Yes, a three-minute trailer takes about 15 minutes just to say all of the things in different ways. And... Then the editing, uh, just cutting it down because I was like, I want this short, trimming it down, getting it to sound pretty, and then adding sound effects. Oh, man, I, I probably put about three, four hours into that baby. So uh, give it a listen. It is now the official trailer at the top if you listen on Spotify when it's like, like they, they've got like an official spot for a trailer. I don't think Apple does that, but... Uh, yeah, so you you can find that trailer. Give give it some love. I would I would love to hear your thoughts. And yeah, I, I deliberately made it cheesy. So uh, roast me for that if you want. Uh, any interactions with our fans is good interaction. All right, so that is going to be the end for this specific segment. And uh, I, I give me give me your feedback. This this is a rough run through. Let me know what would make this more enjoyable. Give me some feedback on whether or not this is something you guys are interested in. All right. Well, next week we're gonna have. Uh, we got a lot in the pipe coming for you. we got more collaborations coming up. I'm excited for that. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Twitch, and Google Podcasts. We need to get on iHeartRadio. Uh, but you can find us there. Uh, follow us on our social medias to stay updated. Connect with us. DM us. We love to hear from you. If you enjoy this show, give us a five-star review. Share us with your friends. Uh, try to help us beat <laughs> that algorithm. And uh, I'm sure you find yourself somewhere between the liars, although there weren't too many opinions today. Uh, but uh, goodbye for now.